Good day, Georgia educators. I'm Ashley Bingwasser. Welcome to another episode of Classroom Conversations, the platform for Georgia's teachers. Classroom Conversations is presented by the Georgia Department of Education and Georgia Public Broadcasting. What do I have for you today, you say? Here's a clue. Do you hear that? In the context of education, it can mean only one thing. Steam. A beautiful thing, steam, for Georgia educators and young learners alike. Bringing steam into your classroom does have a prerequisite, steam certification. This is what happens when schools move their instructional practices to an integrated curriculum. A curriculum built on exploration, project-based learning, and solving real-world problems derived from students' own schools and communities. I have a fabulous guest with me at GPB Studios to break down elementary STEAM certification. Our teacher feature is Jessica Frazier, a fourth grade teacher at West Jackson Elementary School in Hushton, Northeast Georgia. West Jackson E is one of six elementary schools within the Jackson County School District. Please put your hands together for Jessica Frazier. Hi, Jessica. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm happy to see your smiling face today. Same. Are you excited to discuss all the things about STEAM certification? So excited. I'm glad. We want to hear about your experience in a STEAM certified school, yes, but how about we warm up a little first? It's your sixth year as a full-time teacher, is that right? It is. Which begs the question, what career pathway were you on before this? So teaching was not my first profession. I actually um, did a lot of temp work the first time I was in college and worked my way into um, accounting and accounts payable, human resources, and payroll. And I just didn't feel like the the side of my humanitarian heart was being engaged. Engaged, yes. So um, I actually worked as a vet tech for a while and played with puppies and kittens all day and was very happy doing that until I met my husband and found my calling as a wife and a mother. Um, And I stayed at home to raise my daughter. We went to school together. I put her in kindergarten, and I went back to school to become an educator. We graduated fifth grade together. Um, I student taught in fifth grade the same year she was in fifth grade, and then she went to middle school, and I went in full-time to a classroom. So That's incredible. Well, your husband, Newton, you gave him a shout-out. He's here in the (laughs) ENG booth today. Let's wave at Newton. Proud supporter. Out of all of those, uh, what's your favorite of those careers? I would have to say teaching. The rewards of teaching are are pretty much the payout. There's a saying that, you know, you don't, you're not in it for the income, you're in it for the outcome. And every day in the classroom really is a special, special day and and a rewarding experience. I felt like teaching was the implied answer, but I I needed to hear you (laughs) state it. So thanks for that. Talk about your school culture at West Jackson Elementary. We are a huge family at West Jackson. Um, We still, we're growing exponentially on our side of the county, but um, we still have very much a small-time community feel. Um, We all support each other and enrich each other, and um, it's very much a a family feel. What is unique about your school? Is there anything special? We have farm animals. Stop. We have three goats, Mocha, Carmel, and Dudley. He was probably three times the size of the other two. Um, he's a little bit of a bully. He didn't um, get the coffee theme name? No hazelnut or vanilla? or We had a mocha chino or something, um, but, it, you know, life cycle. Okay. Well, um, back to Dudley's pugnacious <laughs> personality. I want to hear more. Um, so, yeah, we have the three goats. We also have several chickens, and they lay eggs. So there's always fresh eggs at West Jackson. We have several gardens. We have a, a reading garden that has a koi pond. It's very relaxing. Um, we have a greenhouse with an aquaponics system. 
that's definitely something that's unique about our school. Uh, people are usually surprised to see that we have animals. Very unique. I'm so intrigued by Dudley. How does he interact with uh, Mocha and Caramel? He's a bully. Why? I think because he's so big and he's just your typical <laughs> dude. Um, but he's <laughs> throwing he's, his weight around. He's very much a bully. And that's one of the things that one of the fourth grade classes is working on for their um, year-long PBL is how to feed the two girls without Dudley taking all the food. Uh, wow. Because he very much is a bully to the two girls that are smaller. So I'm going to advocate for Dudley because he's not here to represent <laughs> himself. Maybe they got his goat. See what I did there? Did you like that, Jessica? Badoom Yeah, she frowned. She legitimately frowned when I said that. Well, shifting back to humans now, you teach self-contained advanced content. Tell me about your high-achieving students. They are fantastic. They keep me on my toes. People think that teaching gifted learners is a walk in the park, but it's not. Um, I like to say that they'll go into zombie mode and eat your face off if <laughs> if you give them the opportunity because their minds just operate at such a high capacity. So they really are very inquisitive and very fun to work with. Sounds like a high honor to work with them. Very curious, too. Very mischievous if you give them the time. So. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mischievous young brains. Let's move into the subject of our conversation today so it won't be missed. It's STEAM. What does STEAM mean to you and to West Jackson Elementary? So STEAM is really just taking the framework of design thinking and integrating your instruction. You want to start with an authentic problem, something that's a real-world phenomenon um, or science-based, and then you integrate in, you know, technology, engineering, arts, and math. All the things. All the things. I know you said when we first spoke that a shift in mindset and practice are required to become STEAM certified. How did going through the actual STEAM certification process change your teaching practices? It was really uncomfortable at first. Mm. Um, I was, it was my second year as a teacher and everything that I learned in teacher school did not apply. Um, you really do have to think backwards and think about the outcomes and you really have to think beyond the classroom and given some authenticity. Um, so it really has challenged me to think about the why of everything that I teach. Why do the students need to learn this? And why is it important for them in the real world outside of my classroom walls? I bet that makes your lessons all the more powerful for them. Yes. Because it's rooted and grounded in the here and now. Yes. Well, that's how STEAM certification has changed you as an educator. How has STEAM impacted the ways that students learn at your school? So it's been really fun to watch the way that they can take interconnected concepts and really articulate learning in a different way. They can see different types of sciences um, that are connected, and they can talk about math and science, and they can talk about how art is helping them learn. Um, so it's not just a, an isolated, this is what I learned in history today, but this is how all of these things in the real world work together. So just the, the way that they can talk and articulate through the integration and the, the cross-cutting concepts. Talk about a project-based or problem-based learning, whichever definition teachers like PBL, or an interdisciplinary project that stands out to you. We love a story, so give us some anecdotes here. So we solved a problem in my classroom last year. Um, I'm on the side of the building where the sun comes in on the afternoon. And um, if you put curtains up, it completely blocks the view of the beautiful trees, and it just feels like a cave. So the kids, when we were learning about the effects of light, decided to help me solve this problem. And we ended up with some really beautiful stained glass installations, and we were able to fix the problem of the light coming in, but also have something aesthetically pleasing. Stained glass. Yes. That's yes, really nice. It was. 
Did um, one student notice this problem or all of them were commenting on that? They were they were all kind of commenting, but definitely the student that was blinded. That was the, <laughs> blinded by the light. Blinded by the light ended up being the, the name of our project. But um, we partnered wow. with the Art Institute in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. The High Museum is one of our community partners. And um, we were able to talk to them and do a virtual field trip and talk to them about how light damaged their art, but also how they used light in their museum. So um, they, you know, just kind of started from there and and getting ideas about how to solve the problem in our classroom as well. That seems like such an art-based solution, which I love, which is the A in STEAM, stained glass. Is that something you had to learn how to do? Um, It's something that I had a lot of background in. Really? Yes, and I didn't think that I'd be able to use that in a traditional classroom, and it's been really rewarding to get to use that. But yeah, I had an undergrad in, in art but never really a place to use it. So it's coming out in the classroom now, and it's really fun. You have so many skills and industries to bring to bear. <laughs> Do they ever call you when the goats need a hand with your vet tech experience? They don't, but the fourth graders at our school are the creature caretakers. Um, so really? they're charged with the responsibility of taking care of all the creatures at our school. Dudley the goat <laughs> and... My class takes care of a frog bog. What's a frog bog? So I actually built a farm over the summer, more than over the summer. It it took about a a year. But over the summer, one of my first grade colleagues came to me and said, you know, you posted this picture of this grading ditch at your new farm. It's full of tadpoles. Can I come get some? And I said, sure. And she took that and she took the tadpoles because first grade studies the life cycle. And she wrote a mini grant and she got funding to make a frog bog at our school. Whoa. So I took a bunch of them and I put them in a tank in our classroom and we gear all of our science towards the creatures. One of the units that we do in fourth grade is ecosystems, you know, eat or be eaten. And mm. all of the science that we do in my classroom are thinking about the the frogs and the toads and the tadpoles and possible predators if we put them outside or what we need to watch out for um, with the frog bog outside and what they need to eat. How can we sustain them as well? So as we work through each unit of science, we're just constantly bouncing back towards that year-long PBL and that umbrella of how do we take care of our creatures. Right now we're studying the earth, the sun, and the moon, and we're trying to decide if the seasons would affect our frogs and our tadpoles and our toads um, outside and if that's something that we need to protect them from. And as we move through each unit, we would, you know, just continue to bounce back to that. What is the design process and how do students use it? Give us the definition and kind of take us through all of the components. So it's really just a, a way to frame problem solving. You start with asking a question. So that's where you bring in your real world problem or your, your problem that you need to solve. And then you investigate. And that's when you do your research, your investigative research to try to figure out what you need to know to solve the problem. Um, and then you imagine possible solutions. And then you start creating a prototype or Um, a strategy to solve the problem. And the final step is to test and reflect to see if your problem worked or see if you still need to work out more of the problem. Just because I'm curious, what sort of timeline is associated with the complete design process? Is it something you do all in one day, you do over time? It really just depends on the problem. Okay. Um, You can use it, you know, in just a a 15-minute block to solve, you know, a a math word problem, um, or you can use it to guide your uh, project-based learning throughout the year. Can design process be applied to everything? Absolutely everything. I've used it in writing composition. I use it when I do math word problems. Um, It absolutely can frame anything you're trying to teach. Can you think of an example for another subject area? 
I mean, you, you can really even apply it to when you're studying history. You, oh. you go in with um, how has life changed for Native Americans, and you just start investigating and looking back at history, and you know, it really can guide any kind of learning. That's incredible. How does PBL impact collaborative teacher planning? So it definitely serves as a, a framework when I come together with my team and we're working on a new unit or a PBL or just, you know, daily STEAM with integrated lessons. Um, we start with that ask and then move into what do we want our kids to imagine? Where do we want to take their thinking? And then giving them some some guided options to research and investigate. So you really just use that as framework too. Do teachers like collaborating about this type of approach? Yes. Collaboration, I think it's it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton of collaboration in teaching um, because you want to norm to a certain extent. Right. It, it can be a really good thing and it can be a lot of work too. <laughs> yeah. But the outcome is wonderful for the students. It really is. How are your content areas integrated at West Jackson? So it really just depends on the teacher's style and the classroom. Um, when we collaborate as a grade level, we go into it with the mindset of, well, this is the outcome. This is what we want all our students to understand. But then you have creative freedom in how you deliver it. So um, I integrate a lot more visual arts just because I have a background that background. In it, Hello, stained glass. And I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. But some of my colleagues will integrate more movement. Um, they like to do dramatic. Physical movement. They like drama and different things like that. Um, I've worked with a music teacher to try to to build that background, too, because it's completely not in my tool belt. Oh, come um, <laughs> So it just it really just depends on what classroom you go into as far as what you see. That's fresh steam happening in, in every class. I like it. Yes. Everybody can bring their own content expertise to bear. What advice would you give to a school that is interested in in STEAM certification? Be very open-minded and very flexible and be ready to build the ship as you sail it um, because it's you can't let go of any of these huge components and, and molding these young minds, but you absolutely have to revamp everything you're doing. So, One of the things you told me is it's okay not to know where it's going. Yes. Can you tell me about an experience for you where you actually felt that way? So last year with our Blinded by the Light project, um, one of the kids got the idea of, you know, with the test and reflect phase, well, how do we know if it's actually working? It's not blinding us anymore, but how much light is getting in? So we were able to partner with the STEAM coach, and he brought in an iPhone app that could measure, um, and I don't have the right word for it, but it's a way to measure light. It starts with an L, but I can't remember what it was. Lumens? It is lumens. Ah, I work in television. There you go. <laughs> so there was an app that could measure the lumens, and it was in decimals. So out of that hmm. just kind of sprang all these really great math conversations of comparing decimals and adding and subtracting decimals and ordering decimals, just, you know, trying to, to figure out if our project worked. So... It sounds like design process has is peppered with these little aha moments that mm -hmm. you have as the teacher going through and making mm -hmm. connections. I think that probably makes the learning more exciting. It does. For you and for them. Yeah. Take us out with some STEAM teaching tips or instructional strategies that teachers can use right away. So if I had to say, try any one thing, I would say try framing your lessons using the design process. Um, starting that way. Starting that way, asking a question um, and trying to get your kids to problem solve. It makes them think, 
deeper about the content and you get all these really good aha moments along the way too because it's it's very much open-ended. Anything else you want to add about your STEAM teaching tips or instructional strategies, Jessica, or even just words of advice and comfort for folks who are looking to get STEAM certified? It's a long process, but it's absolutely worth it. It's uncomfortable at first, but the more that you, you change your practice, the more you're going to see your students thrive from it, and it, there really is a lot of benefit in it. And you said it all starts with beginning every lesson with a phenomenon that's real. Yes. Something that occurs to me, I know you're teaching these, these high-achieving students, these high-achieving fourth graders, is the design process and PBL and STEAM do you have to have a high-achieving student base to implement these? You don't. And one of the things that I think is really amazing is that when you offer that authenticity and you ask those questions that are connected to the real world, you'll see students that don't traditionally thrive in an academic <gasps> setting really start to blossom. Um, so it works for, it really is an access point for all students. And that's why we love STEAM so much. They're excited and they're making connections too. Yes. And that propels their learning forward. Yes. Beautiful Mm -hmm. stuff. And that's our conversation. Thanks for your valuable intel, Jessica. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been nice having you here today. You're doing amazing work with your fourth graders. Whatever you do, don't lose steam. Okay? Okay. (laughs) This is Classroom Conversations and your host signing off. We'll return next week with a fresh episode to carry you through these next seven days without us. Let this truth wash over you like warm condensation. You're a great teacher. Bye-bye.